Hey friends, I'm Becky Davidson. Welcome to the Rising Above Ministries podcast, where we share stories of hope, inspiration, and encouragement from special needs families from around the world. Okay, moms, by the brook is this weekend. And if you have not signed up yet, no worries. There is still time. So go to our app or go to our website and you can find out all the information you need. Be sure to sign up. We want you to be a part of this life-changing weekend. So be sure to sign up because you do not want to miss out. And we want to get to spend the weekend with you looking at ways we can bring restoration into our lives. So go check that out because we want to be with you this weekend. You know, most of the time on this podcast, we share stories from parents who are raising a child with special needs. But today you are in for a treat because you're going to get to hear from Ron Sanderson, who is an adult with autism. Ron works full-time in the medical field. He is also a speaker and an author of several books. And he is married to his wife, Kristen and they reside in Rochester Hills, Michigan with their daughter, Michaela. And I was so encouraged by the conversation that I had with Ron, and I know that you will be as well. So here's the conversation that I had with Ron Sanderson. Hey, Ron, thank you so much for joining us today on the Rising Above Podcast. I'm excited to get to hear your story and to hear about your life and your journey with autism. So thanks for being here with us today. Thanks so much for having me on your show today. I'm excited to be here. Well, I know that you got to talk with Carissa from my team here at Rising Above at Inclusion Fusion Live here recently. And then there's also connection. You you had had a conversation years ago with my late husband, Jeff, that we'll talk about here in just a little bit. So you've heard about Rising Above and we've heard about you over the years. And uh, But I'm excited to get to hear your story and your journey through autism. You know, so often we hear from the parent perspective. So I think it's going to be great to be able to share your perspective on this journey. So as we get started, would you just share with everybody a little bit about yourself, where you live, and just a little bit about your journey? Yeah, so I'm from Rochester Hills, Michigan, which is 40 minutes north of Detroit. And um, I was diagnosed with autism in 1982. When I was diagnosed, only one in 10,000 children were diagnosed with autism. Now it's one in every 54 children are diagnosed. And when I was diagnosed in at age seven, the experts didn't give my parents much hope. They said, your son will never read beyond the seventh grade level. He'll never attend college. He'll never have meaningful relationships. And he'll never excel in sports or athletics. And my mom was determined to prove the experts wrong. She quit her job as an art teacher and became a full-time rod teacher. Wow. <laughs> and what she realized about autism that's different than other disabilities is that kids with autism have special, unique, special interests. My special interest was very unique. It was a prairie dog named Prairie Pup. Now, Prairie Pup has gone on to meet many celebrities, people like Isaiah Thomas, people like Muhammad Ali, even um, Temple Grandin got the old Prairie Pup. And my mom was inspired by Proverbs 22, 29. Do you see a man skilled in his labor? You serve before kings, you not serve before obscure men. And she was determined to develop my gifts and talents so I'd be able to serve the purpose and plans that God had for me. As Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans to give you a hope in a future. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to see me have a hopeful future 
So she worked with me, refining me, using art, using prairie dogs, using animals and all the special interests that I had. And she was able to define, refine those gifts. Mm -hmm. And I've been able to go on to write three traditionally published books. And I just finished my fourth book that Krigel is going to publish, who published my last few book on views from the spectrum of window in the faith and life of your neurodivergent child. Very cool. So you, your journey with autism started, I think from what I read when you were about 18 months old, is that correct? And so you had regressive autism. Is that right? You were, you were speaking and then lost your ability to speak. Obviously you've gotten that, you got that back, you know, but so share about that. Yeah. So it, um, Nine months, I said my first word, mommy, and I said the day I was getting water baptized, I could share any kid thinking they're being drowned is going to cry out, mommy, mommy. In 18 months, I went through a time of regression from being able to say mommy to only mom, mom. And I went from having perfect eye contact to no eye contact. Mm-hmm. 20% of children with autism will go through the regression time period as I went through. And I had to have intense speech therapy all the way from age two to age 16. When I was age seven, my speech development was still delayed. And my brother Chuck would introduce me to people saying, you need to meet my brother Ron. I think he's from Norway because he speaks Norwegian. When I was um, 16 years old and I asked the first girl out on a date, a girl named Kelly, the first words out of her mouth before I had a chance to ask her out was this. How come you have no inflection in your voice? Mm. You sound like a transformer. I thought I'd be cute, so I said I'm more than meets the eyes, but I still didn't get a date with her. And it took me years to learn to be able to have inflection in my voice, mm. years to be able to say TH and L words, which is the most common speech um, implement where people have problems with. And there's still certain words that when I write, I have to change my writing when I speak because mm. certain words I'm not able to pronounce even this day at age 47. Yeah. So what do you remember about those early days? You know, you're in school and early on, how did people respond to you? How did, how did people react? What, what do you remember about like school and um, how people maybe treated you during those early years? So I remember being bullied severely. Mm-hmm. I remember in um, kindergarten, um, kids would know that I was different because I would hang out by myself rather than interact with other children. I remember in third grade, a kid handcuffed me to the swings and kidnapped um, Prairie Pup. I remember that. And the way I describe my experience with autism was Sally the Seal moments. In 1989, XN Vildez had an oil tanker and it hit an icebreaker and a iceberg, I mean, mm-hmm. and over 30 million gallons of crude oil covered the coastline. Yeah, I remember and that. And then they um, spent $2 billion to clean up the coastline. Then they spent another, they didn't want to spend $2 billion more on cleaning up the wildlife. So they used one seal they named Sally the Seal. And they raised donations. They spent $10,000 getting her cleaned up. And then the big day came when they let her back in the sea. And when she hit the sea from her water slide, the killer whale turned her into Sally the meal. And my uh-huh. experience with autism was like yeah. Sally the meal. I got torn mm. up, beat up. And even in my first year of high school, a kid gave me a black eye because he stole a trance or at a, tra- at a track meet and someone dared me to 
brew up some transfer stew, which I didn't. And I ended up getting a black eye. So autism early on was a lot of bullying. I had to learn all those social clues, Mm -hmm. learn those social abilities. And I've learned those. I've now been married for now nine years. I have a six-year-old daughter who was born March 20th, 2016. It's funny, the day I got home from the hospital, they had the first copy of my book, Parents Guide Autism, Practical Advice, Biblical Wisdom, waiting for me. So my wife gave birth and I gave birth to a book the same week. That is so amazing. Well, I love from what I've read about you that your parents really advocated for you all along the journey. They really fought for you to have what they knew you deserved and what you needed. And I would love for you to share that part of your story about how your parents came alongside you, how they uh, advocated for you and stood up for you throughout your journey, especially early on. So um, when I was seven years old and they got me in kindergarten, they put me in a special education class. And during that time, special education was very archaic. You had one teacher in the front of the room, one at the back to make sure you didn't escape the room. My mom said, you're not teaching and educating these children, you're babysitting. Them. And if he's in this only being babysat, the best he's going to ever do is bagging groceries. The best mm-hmm. he's ever going to do is be a bellboy holding the door open for someone or bagging groceries. And my son has much more talent than that. And I'm going to use the gifts God's given him. And I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to show me how to teach him. She realized that I learned visually. Temple Grand said that 90% of people with autism are visual learners. And only about 3% can learn audio or through hearing. And my mom advocated for them to use art, advocated for them to use um other means and traditional means for me to learn so I'd be able to learn. She always hired tutors to help me out to learn English and math and the areas I struggle with. And then my senior year of high school, I had the first major Americans with disabilities case in the state of Michigan, Sanderson versus the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Coming in my junior year, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I made him Lord and Savior of my life. My wife was on the right track. My junior year, we ran the 12th fastest time in the state of Michigan for the 3,200 relay. I was one of the fastest 800-meter runners in Michigan. And um, on the way back from the state finals, Nate Clay said we'd be the fastest relay team in the state of Michigan next year, but we won't have Ron on the relay team because he'll be past the age limit. In Michigan, once you turn 19, then you're past the age limit to be able to compete. And Mm -hmm. I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me and said, I'll provide a way with you to be able to compete on the track team. And things looked hopeless. The season began. Every lawyer my mom contacted said it'd be over $40,000. And my mom said, we just got to give it into God's hand, trust God, and he'll provide a way. And I came back from a five-mile run. And there on the front page of Detroit Free Press was a young man named Craig Stanley. He was born May 1975, same year, same month as me. He was a track and cross-country runner with a learning disability as I was. And the MHSA told his parents he wouldn't be able to compete. So my mom got with his parents. And the first thing I told him is, Craig and I are going to be able to compete on the track team. God's going to provide a way. And my mom got the Detroit Free Press to do a second article. And that Wednesday after meeting on the front page of Detroit Free Press was Craig Stanley and I saying, now there's two young men whose civil rights are being violated. 
that Sunday I was getting water baptized, show my commitment to Christ. And when I came out of the water, the pastor said these words to me, and I'll never forget them. Joel 2.25, I repay the years of the locusts eaten, the great locusts, the young locusts, the other locusts, great locusts swarmed, my great army I sent among you. And he said, there was something in your life that ate away like locusts. I saw it when you came out of the water. I saw um, the verse Joel 2.25 before me, and God's going to repay that. He's going to give you a message of hope and restoration um, past the locusts in people's lives. And when I got home and pressed the blinking red answering machine, the first words out was this. Hi, my name's Rick Landel. I saw your story in the Detroit Free Press, and I want to take your case pro bono. What's uh-huh. interesting is the lawyer called on a Sunday, mm. and he felt inspired to yeah. take the case, and it was he called at the exact same time I came out of the water. And God has a plan for us, and, and my mom's being a great advocate, helped that plan fall into place, and she always prayed these simple words, Holy Spirit, show us how to raise Ron. Holy Spirit, guide us, direct us, and let your kingdom come, your will be done in his life. And she gave my ministry and life into God's hand, knowing that there was a special purpose for me. And uh, now I have over 15,000 Bible verses memorized. And also my senior year of high school, Dr. Jack Van Impey had an open house for his worldwide ministry. And she took me there. She introduced me to Dr. Jack Van Impey. And then Dr. Jack Van Impey said, when you get into college, and you have to do an internship, you're going to do it for me. And then in 1999, my final year of college, I got to intern and mentor right under Dr. Jack Van Impey. And like him, I have over 15,000 Bible verses memorized, word perfect. And he was one of the inspirational mentors in my life. And God's brought many of them into my life over the years. That's amazing. And, you know, I just love the thought of your mom championing, being your champion and being your cheerleader. And fighting for you uh, along this journey. And have you, you know, what do you think, and if she had not done that, what do you think your life might look like now? So I'm going to begin with this that I've noticed. I've interviewed over a hundred of the most successful people on the autism spectrum, people Mm -hmm. like Temple Grand and Tarko, the pro baseball player, Clay and Marzo, the surfer. And what I always do is I always interview the parent first, if Mm -hmm. possible, than the young adult or the individual with autism. And I found two things that every person successful on the autism have in common. Number one, they had a person who believed in them and knew that they had a special gift and were able to refine it. And number two, they had someone who was able to market their gift. So my mom was able to market my gift of memorizing Bible verses by having Dr. Jack Van Empey mentor me. She was able to market my gift of track and cross country by having the first major Americans with disabilities case, Sanderson versus the MHSA. And she was able to refine those gifts, those talents. Mm -hmm. So I was able to socially interact. And she believed that there was a special call in my life. And you see the people who are successful today, there was someone who championed them Mm -hmm. or marketed their ability. There was someone who believed that their talents, if they could be refined and could be used, they could develop those social skills and develop those other areas where they're lacking autism different than other disabilities and that we'll have usually a lot of great gifts but then we have these valleys that we'll never be able to compensate mm-hmm. for unless we use the gifts to compensate for them you can try and teach someone to learn with autism phonetically 
and they're never going to learn. But if they learn visually and you teach them visually, they're going to be able to learn. One teacher told my mom, 50% of Ron's education will be visually, 50% will be phonetics. And my mom said they don't want to get 50% of an education because that other 50%, Mm. no matter what you do, he can't Mm -hmm. learn that way. He can't process information. So knowing how a child is able to process information is key. Knowing how to market their gift and talent and helping to use that gift and talent to develop the social skills, develop the speech communication, to develop the ways of handling sensory issues and meltdowns is key. Yeah. Well, you know, you had such a great example of parenting from your, you know, your mom and all the things you've shared with her and you're a parent now. So how has the way that your mom championed you helped you? How does that impact you now as a parent of what? She's six years old, did you say? Yeah, my daughter's six yeah, years Yeah, your daughter's old. six years old. So how did the, the things that your mom patterned for you and the things that she showed you and the way she cheered you on, how does that now impact you as a parent today? So I like this quote, advocate for your child. And when they're older, they'll be an advocate. So my mom has helped me to be an advocate for my daughter, Michaela. We live in Rochester Hills and we wanted to send her to Longmeadow Elementary School, which is on the street where my parents live because my parents babysit her in the morning and send her to school. So we advocated for um, school of choice that we could send her to Longmeadow where I went to elementary school. I've also learned from my mom the importance of spending time with your child and not getting overburdened or overworked so that you don't have time to spend with your child. And I spend a lot of time writing, speaking, and I work full time in a hospital. So I've learned to salute, as it says in the Bible, pause or take time out and be able to play hide and go seek with my daughter, be able to take her to the park. And just, I've learned from my mom, the importance of love and acceptance, and also the importance of spending time with your child. Beautiful. Well, now you, you know, you went through the hard things as a child dealing with how people responded and reacted to you because of your autism diagnosis, but you're an adult now, obviously a thriving adult um, doing life beautifully well. And so, but how does autism impact you today as an adult, relationally, through your work, the things that you're doing, how does autism impact you now? So one of the main ways autism impacts me today is I love having set routines. Every day when I get off work, I do three hours of memory work going over the Bible verses I memorize. And one of the big ways it affects me today is I work in a hospital and sometimes you get mandated and instead of just working your eight hours, you have to work 16 hours and it causes a um, disturbance mm. in the force, I guess yeah. you could call it, in yeah. my force of doing routines. And then also having a child sometimes causes a disturbance in my routine, um, things that I follow. And that can be very hard for people on the autism spectrum. And then COVID was really hard mm, on me. I was used to speaking at 70 events live a year, and then it caused everything to be online. And technology, as you prayed that there'd be no problems, mm-hmm. there's a lot of problems with yeah. technology. Even the simplest things, sometimes when you're doing a Zoom conference, something could go wrong. Right. And I've learned that you have to adapt and be able to be flexible. And, mm-hmm. and it, that's one of the things that are really hard for an adult with autism. Yeah. 
I bet COVID really did throw a, a wrench in things for you and, and other, you know, just it did, it did for so many people. And so I'm, I'm sure that those shifts and those changes and could have been challenging uh, to, to navigate and manage. And, but what I love, you know, you just talked about a few minutes ago, you're an author, you've written several books. Um, I think you said it was your first book, A Parent's Guide to Autism. And what's the, what's the, that's not the whole title. What's the whole title of that book? So A Parent's Guide to Autism, Practical Advice, Biblical Wisdom. Okay. And so that's when you met my husband, Jeff, I believe, I believe he was one of the people that you interviewed for that. And so you want to share what you learned uh, from him? Yeah. So um, I interviewed a hundred people while writing the book, A Parent's Guide to Autism. I had read his book, um, Peanut Butter Sandwich. Yeah, no more peanut really butter sandwiches. By it. Yeah. And I saw his true love for yeah. John and Alex and his son and the all the great things he was doing to help him out. So then I use this quote in the book, and it's on page 183, midway through it. Take Jeff. Davidson, whose son, John Alex, has cerebral palsy and autism. He wrote, the world sees a boy who cannot talk, cannot walk, and cannot function independently. I see a tapestry of God's grace, God's beauty, and God's love woven together on a human canvas. God has used my son to teach me the essence of unconditional love. God has used my son to show me how to embrace my own brokenness and accept my own vulnerabilities. And I read that quote in his book and when I interviewed him and was able to hear him share on that, it inspired me and it reminded me of my mom. My mom saw the gifts in me. She didn't just see autism. She saw gifts that could be refined and could be made into amazing abilities. I always talk about autism unrefined versus autism refined. My mom knew that autism wasn't like the flu. You can't cough on someone and they get the autism flu or the autism cough. But she knew that there were great gifts in me. First, he saw the autism unrefined, my zero ability to control my emotions. When I got upset, I'd have severe meltdowns and be banging my head against the cement wall. When um, I was in social situation, I didn't know how to interact. But then she knew that those gifts, those abilities could be refined in the beautiful gifts and that's what she did. She worked with me. She um, allowed herself to be vulnerable by exposing me to different situations where I'd have meltdowns and people may gawk or stare while those are taking place. And I saw that same or heard in the voice of Jeff, those same love and acceptance that only the Holy Spirit and God's love can provide. And I'm, I'm people can't see me, but I have tears streaming down my face because it was so impactful hearing you read his words and knowing what an impact they made on you um, is precious to me. And so and it's gone out all over the world. And um, when this book was published, someone's from Switzerland, they sent me a picture of the book in Switzerland, said that the book has impacted their life. A lady in Canada sent me and said, this book Parents' Guide to Autism is a guide we're using for our child. And it ended up being one of the top selling books in the Christian community on autism all the time. And it's interesting how God enabled me to have a God moment that got this book published. So God put on my heart, he put on my literary agent at the time, Les Toby's heart, to write a book on autism. I said, God, I don't know how to write 
book on autism. Yeah. So I go to a writing conference that was founded by Les Toby, my agent, and it was at Wheaton College. And as I'm meeting with Les Toby about writing a book, my mom went also to find out about writing and stuff. And she was looking for a seat and she said, Holy Spirit, show me where to sit. A lady waves her hand, says, this is a seat for you. God's ordained this seat for you. She goes and sits down and she's sitting right across from a mother who has two children with autism who writes on autism. And that lady told me how to write my book. She said, you need to interview famous people who have children on the autism spectrum or grandchildren on the autism spectrum. So I interviewed Kyleen Thompson, who's um, Insight for Today, and she ended up writing an endorsement for my book. And one of the final people I interviewed was Pastor Rob Parsley and Joni Parsley of World Harvest Church, one of the largest churches in the United States. And after I interviewed them, they said, you're going to come out to Columbus, Ohio, you're going to share on autism. And in 2015, I shared on autism. By now, my book was finished. I had interviewed over 100 people. And when I got done speaking, Joni Parsley said this. I said, my book is before three publishers right now, Tyndale House, Zonderman, and Charisma House. And she said, you're going to get a contract today with Charisma House. And she sent him a message, text message to Charisma House, their head of marketing, their head of um, acquisition of taking books, and said these words. Rod and I have written many books. Rod is a three-time New York Times bestselling author, and we know you're going to do the right thing and publish this young man's book. And then later that day, my agent emailed me and texted me and said, we got a contract with Charisma House. Wow. But it took a God moment, something very random. I, mm -hmm. I said, I don't know how to write a book. Holy Spirit, show me how. And God brought the right person at the right time with the right um, resources. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, and then also it took the next step of speaking at Rob Parsley's church and him, his wife, sending that text at the right time, yeah. right when my book was before Charisma House, they were already interested in the book to get the contract. And then my um, book since then, I've had contracts before the books were even finished with my wow. last two books. So, Well, tell us about, you've got also a book called Views from the Spectrum. Tell us about what that book is and... Uh, your heart behind writing that book? So my heart behind writing Views from the Spectrum, A Window in the Faith and Life of a Neurodivergent Child is a create hope. A lot of times they hear the diagnosis autism and they lose hope. And whenever I write any book, I pray these words, God, let me live what I'm writing and write people's on my heart so I can write on their hearts. Second Corinthians 3, 2 for 3. And I pray God bring people to me who are on the autism spectrum who I can interview and share their story. And as soon as I pray that, people like Armani Williams, a NASCAR driver, they'll contact me. I can't even get my hair cut without meeting people who are in my book. I went to get a haircut while I was writing the book, and a guy, a young man named Peter Lentz, sits down. And as he sits down, I could tell by his awkwardness that he was somewhere on the autism spectrum. I get talking to him, and it turns out he has Asperger's. It turns out that he's designs computer video games for hospitals. And it turned out he was working for someone that I knew. So I interviewed him and his story ended up being in the book. And God's always had brought people to me when I write. God's always made me go through situations on what I'm writing about. I was writing a chapter on for autism growth and transitioning adulthood, which is going to be my fourth book. 
And as I began writing it, the chapter on doing interviews, not even 10 minutes into writing it, I get a call for a job interview in Tampa. And then um, I fly out to Tampa for it. When I'm writing um, chapter on the decision-making, I get a job offer. And it turned out there are a few things that made me not take it, but I was able to use that wow. for how you make decisions. And then when I'm writing my chapter on advocacy, and then that day I get a summons of jury duty and I had to advocate to get out of it. So everything that I'm writing on, God brings the right people or brings the right situation so I can know how to write the chapters on it. And that's how it's been with all my books is that the right people at the right time come along and then they help me get the books published. And even my second book, Thought, Choice, Action, I, um, Dr. Ron Rhodes from Dallas Theological, who sold over a million books through Harvest House, had a um, daughter who works as a special education teacher. So it inspired him to be the person to do the foreword for my book on St. Augustine and theology. Amazing. And so I love just seeing how God all along has been guiding you and leading you and you've been open to what he has for you. And if you were to sit down uh, across from another family who maybe their child has just gotten a diagnosis of autism, what would you say to them to encourage them in how they respond to the diagnosis, how they raise their child? What would you say to them? I'd say this, that um, God is with you even when you don't see him. Genesis 28, 16 says, and when Jacob woke from his sleep, he saw surely God was in this place and I was unaware of it. And be aware that God is there. Even in the midst of your diagnosis of your child, God is there. In the midst of not knowing what to do, God is there and God's all knowing. And Zephaniah 4.10 says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. The eyes of the Lord reigns throughout the earth. And it says the seven eyes of the Lord reigns throughout the earth. And seven's a perfect number. So God's got perfect sight on your child with autism. And the trust that he's there, even if you're unaware of it, and then simply ask this, Holy Spirit, show me how you're working in my family's life. Holy Spirit, show me how to raise my child. Holy Spirit, bring the right resources, the right people. And then also 2 Thessalonians 3, 2, protect them from all evil people. For not every man or woman has faith. And pray for the right connections, the right resources, the right abilities and um, connections that come your way. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Well, you know, this is the year of restoration at Rising Above, and we're looking at ways that we can allow God to bring restoration into our lives. And so we're asking all of our guests on the podcast, what are you currently doing right now that is allowing God to bring restoration into your life? So one of the things I'm currently doing for God to bring restoration, as I mentioned to Joel 2.25, or repay the years the locusts Great locusts, the young locusts, the other locusts, locusts more. my great army is sent among them. And a lot of times there are situations where we need restoration. So currently what I'm doing is seeking God for what's the next thing that God's leading me to during the season post-COVID. And I'm mm -hmm. saying, God, right. open up your doors. It says in Isaiah 22, 22, Revelation 3, 7, 8, that God opens a door that no man can shut. And that even Paul, in 1 Corinthians 16, 8, when he was going, doing his ministry, he knew when God had an open door and he'd stay there longer and he'd kind of pause and see what God's doing. So in this time of restoration, 
things aren't going to be done the way they were done in the past. God's doing a new work. He's doing a new thing. He's making a way in the desert. Isaiah 43, 18 through 19. We need to find where those streams are, jump in that river of the Holy Spirit, and allow him to guide us and direct us. I heard an old illustration years ago that when you have a hang glider, if you just jump off the cliff, it's going to fall. But when the wind's blowing the right way and the hang glider knows the time is right and you jump, you soar like an eagle. And right now is a time when God's restoring the years that the oak has eaten, when God's doing a new work where he's pouring out his spirit in a new way, and we need to get aboard and be ready for it. And it's also a time when we're dealing with severe darkness. And in the midst of darkness, our light shines even brighter. Mm, So we need to be aware of the deception, the lies of the devil, and we need to stand up for what's righteous, what's true. Well, I just so appreciate you sharing your story with us uh, sharing. I just have loved this conversation. And so I just appreciate so much your time. And we will be sure to add links to where people can find your books if they want to know more about you. And so, Ron, just thank you so much for your time. And I'm so grateful to get to know you a little better today. Yeah, thanks so much. And I want to just share this too, that God answers our prayers and he watches out for those with disabilities. And I'll end with this thought. Any fool can see an apple on a tree but it takes dedication and vision to see the orchards in those apple seeds. And that's one of the things that parents with special needs need to do. They need to be aware God's there and aware that there's gifts that can be cultivated. Well, thank you so much. And it's been a joy to get to know you, Ron. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Rising Above Ministries podcast. If you like what you hear, please take a minute to leave us a rating and review. This helps others like you find our content more easily. You can learn more about how Rising Above Ministries is encouraging the special needs community by checking out our website at risingaboveministries.org or by finding us on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to connecting with you.